Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello listeners and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that no one really asked for But we're going to give you anyway I am Clint Worthington of Alcoholiewood And with us we have two guests, uh, Andrew Schwartz and Darren Newstead. Say hey to the people Hello, 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 thank you for having me today, Clint Hey, thanks for having us, Clint <laughs> in case you don't know, I am the co-host and editor of Alcoholywood, the uh, drinking games movie podcast. You can find it at alcohollywood.com. I think by the time this episode goes up, uh, we will have done Hercules, the movie from last year starring The Rock, not The Legend of Hercules, which I'm almost sad we're not doing, but at least we'll have more more fun doing. Uh, yeah, and Andrew, you got a plug too? Uh, yeah, I actually have two plugs, strangely enough. I'm the co-host, oh. uh, co-founder of On Your Market Set Review. A game show slash review show where we review something, and the host for that week makes a bunch of questions for that. Whoever wins gets to host for next week. I believe by the time this episode airs, we'll have either Star Trek up, or we'll have uh, The Purple Rose of Cairo and the other Woody Allen film I forgot. Uh, Other (laughs) than that, we're also (laughs) starting up uh, Talking About Turtle, a podcast exclusively about Entourage. I'm, okay. I don't know how this is going to turn out. All right. Well, we'll we'll find out. Uh, yes. Pray for me. Right. Uh, Darren, do you have anything else to plug, or is your thing mostly a talking? The thing cast? that I mainly do it is editing and producing this podcast. So if someone, if you're listening to it, you've already, you know, <laughs> you've yeah. Congratulations! I've already yeah. discovered it. My job's yeah, already done. Right. Well, uh, this uh, this is episode sixty three, minute sixty two, and uh, yeah, we we start the minute right away, uh, just with that the height of drama. You know, I think I I tend to like I forget which minute it was before, but I think I also had the minute where the the cheese puffs get dropped. Yes. So like. I've yeah. been on the big, all the big drama minutes, and we get like more of the cast than normal too. Uh, we have like most of the cast in one place for once. Everyone, I everyone gets their little think, moment. But Franny, I think we're missing Franny. Yeah, yeah. but I, I wouldn't say we miss Franny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but it feels it feels like we're just like just looking at the minute as a vacuum. It feels like we're stepping in on like finding out about some sort of horrific like family reveal like some sort of like affair or infidelity almost because accusations get thrown out thrown around everywhere uh tina in particular is is a bit defensive uh where she's like phil here is a business guy (laughs) who is gonna help me with my career in some such like that's and that's that's the sort of thing that's been plaguing the movie all around is that like you know he knows like david decato knows like what beats he wants to hit but there's not enough detail to make it work she's just like yes i it it feels like mad libs a little bit but 
like a particularly unimaginative man li- mad libs the thing is 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 that tina pursued phil against susan's will basically is is the lead yeah. into this because i know andrew's not familiar with the overall plot of the film yeah i'll take your word for um it. like tina had had been told make some more cheese puffs yeah. phil had <laughs> offered after dropping the cheese puffs his his ovens because uh, he's such a rich guy, he's got more than one. Yeah. And Tina was like, this seems like a good idea. But for some reason, Susan, you know, she immediately dismissed it. And then Tina just ignored her mother anyway and ran off. You know, it's that teenage rebellion running off with an older man. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> uh, I mean, I mean. Who would have run right. off with Phil, too? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, that he, he looks like a cream puff himself. Um, so I don't know why what Susan's oh, deal yeah. is. And of course, uh, Susan also sent Trent after um, Tina to try and retrieve his sister. And, of course, he got waylaid by... Um, uh, <laughs> by the like, handsome Justin Cohn. Yeah, I by was going to say, yeah. Daniel Dennis, as soon as he got to that pool, he was like, oh, who man. is this dreamboat? And, <laughs> you know, where, how, how quickly can we get naked and wet together? Yeah. Mm. Um, and the answer was very quickly. Extremely um, quickly. Yeah, and we deal with a little bit of that in this minute as well. Um Oh, it's so out. beautiful. Yeah. I think that moment is the reason why I requested this minute. Uh, yes, yeah. I love it so much. Um, but but before that, though, Susan goes off on this tear about like, like kind of like, screw your future career, Tina. This is all about me. I put food, I give you food and clothes. And I'm, I feel like at this point, the food is just cheese puffs. Like they, because they, <laughs> I'm still convinced that cheese puffs is like the, literally the only thing that the catering company can provide. So that's probably all she knows how to make. Do you think this might be a dystopian universe where the only food in this world yeah, is just Yeah, or just, puffs? I think the, I mean, I've said before in previous episodes, I feel like these, this is a world where these are the only people who exist. This is like a, like yeah. a no exit situation. <laughs> and the business they run is just yeah. a metaphor. Um, I, don't, I mean, there is a distinct possibility that, like, uh, the meeting that Susan keeps going backwards and forwards to doesn't actually exist because yeah. we never see it. Because it gives her the ammo. It gives her the ammo that she can use to like keep Tina under control. Because there's that moment where where because uh, she like shouts at Tina and then Tina's just like, "Well, how did the meeting go?" And she's like, "Not good. The investors declined." <laughs> and maybe it's like sort of a last man on earth situation where she's just talking to yes <laughs> basically <laughs> but it's just that's that's why they declined because that's all they are it's just like yeah, a bunch golf of golf balls don't need cheese puffs yeah she goes she goes to see the investors and it's just literally a load of volleyballs with faces painted on them and they're all like no no we don't want we're not going to invest we're not particularly hungry um, right now and she can't convince her own imagination yeah. to go along that, with and what idea. what catering company needs investors is. like what big scheme did she need the the seed money for because i feel like she's already like you know you run a small business you don't need like that well it's the investors at the toy company this is yeah, uh, this is again this is the needlessly complicated <laughs> yes. script it's the investors that the toy co- they invested declined to, to invest in the toy company, which means the toy company don't have the money to take Susan on full time. That's right. That's so it's not even like, yeah, that's that's right. So the like, why does she care about the investors as opposed to the other like like she's she? I mean, maybe that's why people hire her as a cater as a caterer. She really like forms a personal connection with their clients <laughs> to the point where yeah. if things don't go well for them, she's upset. The funniest thing is, of course, is we had the minute with Mister Financial Advisor. Um, uh, right before the driving minute, which I think yeah. you covered, Clint. That's right. And here's the thing: we, all, we, as the viewer, at this point, we already know Phil has invested everything in the toy company. 
Yeah. So, so Susan doesn't have to worry about oh, yeah. these investors at this meeting because they're not important. <laughs> because yes. Phil is essentially the angel investor who is going to save the Sims toy company. But oh, Susan doesn't know this yet. And yet Phil never, at any point during this minute, chooses to share that information, which <laughs> like, might gives, actually help he, him. He gives that non-committal yeah. And then she's like, yeah, what? And then like yeah i'm sorry and i'm like dude what what are you doing <laughs> why are you even <laughs> saying this i don't understand his motivations in the scene at all phil yeah phil phil in this minute is the is the king of uh, like completely unmotivated decisions he'll just like say things just to feel like he's part of this scene um yeah it's pretty ins- insane i think but at this point in this early part of the minute my favorite line is susan's final thing in her tear and she says forgive me if i still get to be your mother <laughs> And I don't know what she means by that. Yeah. I don't understand. I guess she's because you're providing for her, maybe? I can still boss you around. Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't want to, I think she, you know, she's afraid of Tina kind of leaving the nest, maybe. She's like, maybe she's afraid that Tina will overshadow her. Maybe it's a, yeah, it's a whatever happened to baby Needs Jane Needs to be situation. pointed out, mostly for Andrew, who hasn't seen these other minutes, but these cheese puffs that, that Susan is peddling as her own, Yeah. Tina makes... Tina makes the cheese puffs. Yeah. Susan then goes and takes Susan, them in. Oh my god. She yeah. has recipes. All she's good. Yeah. She only has like the superhuman ability to hold really hot things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's her that's all she brings to this business because yeah. Tina is the one cooking all these cheese puffs. All she brings to the table is literally bringing things to the table. Exactly. That is her only skill. <laughs> right. And frankly, we could do without that. We have machines that can right. do her job for us. Damn you industrialization. Um but then but then this whole argument gets interrupted by the, my favorite moment is where when the two <laughs> kids come in and uh and she's like, "Where have you been?" and they give the most knowing pause. Before saying, yeah. swimming. I mean, having having not seen the previous minutes, Andrew, what do you think they have actually been doing? Well, they're all wet, so I can only imagine it's some sex thing. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how you do it, but uh... wet and wild—that's why I do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just love that it's because it's so it's so fascinatingly naive, I guess. Like in this movie, like from a guy who like makes softcore gay porn movies yeah. to yeah. use the same tactic in his family film and mean it. Like, like he just he just wants you to think that they've just been like swimming, and it's the only problem is that he didn't actually track down Tina and bring her back. Like that's all yeah. that Susan's concerned with is swimming with friends, as opposed to like yeah you, he's had a sexual encounter with a fellow teenage boy. And the funniest <laughs> thing is they both just stand there <laughs> like it's... with the towels around them and with the abs out, all wet, for like a, oh a, a, it's got to be at least two or three seconds of just them standing there. And I yeah. and you have to, I have to feel that the director standing behind the camera is just like yeah just stand there just stand there for a few oh, seconds and let yeah. me just take all this in oh, yeah. Yeah. wait just That's a little longer perfect. I'm almost done just give him a little something <laughs> yeah. for daddy oh god do I have to <laughs> you want to be a star and don't I, you <laughs> but the best part is to I just want to quickly cover um when when they because the the style of shooting. Uh, which I think some people have mentioned before is really weird because uh-huh. you'll have like two shots and singles where people could just be shot in the same like space. And this is one of those occasions where when Susan is ranting, you have the shot over her shoulder 
at Tina and you just have someone sh- like shaking their head <laughs> and I don't know why they're not in the, ever in the same shot together right. like in this scene and, and and you've got Phil and Susan standing right next to each other but Phil obviously doesn't seem to know what's going on so he's just kind of like looking around <laughs> and then when you get the when the yeah. boys enter and you get them just by standing by themselves and then you get Trent going you're in trouble by the way they cut to Tina and the face she makes is so funny where she's just standing there by herself, and they could have shot it on like anywhere because it doesn't seem like she's in the same room as any of these other four people who are all meant to be in an argument with her. Yeah, the boys seem like they're in an entirely different dimension, um, slash, we're like a sexy dimension, um, and it was probably like filmed days later. Like you can you can see those weird like jarring cuts when like. You can. You, you, I could just imagine them. I could picture in my head like doing the shot reverse shot where like they had to just like say their lines and yeah. being the editor trying to splice it all together. They all refused to be in the same room yeah. together. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, and then yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing I love about it too. Like that shot after he says swimming, and then um, he still feels the need to take a dig at Tina, at Tina, because he can't be in the same room with Tina without trying to, like, make fun of her. Even though, presumably, yeah. like, he's gotten over that because Duffy has told him that he has imagination, and that's all he really needs. Um, but he still needs to be like, you're in trouble. Yeah. By the way, I just think that's funny that, like, he's just been caught doing something presumably obscene. Well, what's funny then is, of course, is, is Susan's immediate turn to, and so are you, by the way. And I just yeah. love, like... <laughs> It's like she's just like yelling out nothing and and Trent's just like, I was just doing what you told me to do. And that's true. He was just trying to find Tina. I mean, I get that people just argue to argue sometimes, but it doesn't work very well in a movie. Like no. Well, I think Susan's a monster. Yes, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> she has an iron grip on this family, and but their children are starting to slip through her fingers, and I think that's what she's afraid of. Is Duffy trying to save the family and have them all turn against Susan? Maybe her? that's the uh, that's the plan. Um, that's the grand plan. Maybe that's what happens in the last. Right. We build to the climax of this, which is Susan. Obviously, she's she brings back the swimming with friends. Yeah. And then Phil is like, well, maybe I can explain. Now, in the previous few minutes, Phil's been working with Tina. Uh, <laughs> Tina's been making cheese puffs. Yeah. He doesn't know what's going on with the two boys. Like, they've just been out the back. <laughs> He's swimming. a terrible caretaker. So how can he- yeah, how can, how can he explain? And then when Susan's like, okay, go ahead, explain. Yeah. And it, it's like a long, we get the cut, we go, we go back to Chris and Trent, of course, because that's yeah. the money shot. And then we come back to them. And then Duffy appears, <laughs> appearing out of yet another dimension. I forgot that he was yeah. in this yeah, scene. I have no idea where, he, where was the couch? I did not even see yeah. the couch. And he, he says, come on, Phil, pull this one out. Don't let all my hard work down. And I'm like, calm down a little bit, Duffy. Uh, like, has he has he really been coaching Phil to like stand up for himself? I forget what he even says in like the one time he actually gets to talk to Phil. Duffy, what hard work have you done, you piece of shit? What's his hard work? Yeah, I don't know. He's just a talking cat. <laughs> He's just a He's talking stupid. cat. Like, I don't know what like Machiavellian plan Duffy has up his sleeve. And yeah, and then we like get the the dramatic music and. Then the uh, yeah, then the minute ends. We don't get to know what the conclusion is until next time. Yeah, yeah. and the, the music that plays through this, I think, is the same music that plays um, when Tina is reading. Yeah, I think it's the most conventional music in the movie. It, it's because it doesn't sound like it's coming out of a video poker machine. Yeah, it's just like it's just like a kind of dramatic hum yeah. underneath. It's just like, that, that kind trying of, to emphasize yeah. that everything's falling apart. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know why Duffy is taking credit for his, all his hard work because for a, like for a start, uh, like Tina followed um, Phil against Susan's wishes. Uh-huh. Um, so he can't take credit for that because that's just you know Phil dropped the cheese puffs. He can't take credit for that, which was you know that was the the thing that forced Tina to follow Phil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that also forced like the dropping of the cheese puffs is the thing that precipitated Trent. Like come in to look for his sister, which yeah. is how he met Chris again. Phil has nothing to explain. It's like insane. the explanation is, you're a poor mother, Susan. Yes, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm Ooh. calling CPS if Sick they burn. still exist in this universe. <laughs> I'm gonna get your children taken away. Well, they're the only. I think they're the only people in this universe, so one of them has to be a member. Of that. I guess so. Oh, but man. yeah. So it's. I. I mean, for me, uh, it's funny because like Susan's rant about her business providing the food and the clothes and a roof over your head and all that kind of stuff. It's not um, doing a great job. Yeah, like, from what we've seen in this film, she's making, like, batches of cheese puffs and doing, like, a 90-minute a, a round trip to deliver one tray of them, uh, and she doesn't even make them, so how is she providing anything? Right. <laughs> I, that's, I just want to know where the father is. I feel like it's, like, some sort of weird situation where he, he just feels so bad that he's like, here, take this money. Built yourself a nice cabin in the middle of nowhere and catered to people an hour and a half away from you. Susan's attempts to turn this into like, I'm a good mother and I've been doing all these things. And yeah. it, it doesn't work because we've seen throughout the film that like she doesn't, she's constantly siding with Trent over Tina. Um, she's taking Tina's cheese puffs and passing them off as her own. And those cheese puffs, she's losing money on those cheese puffs. So how is she, like I don't I don't understand how in this particular minute she feels she has the high ground. Um I guess if you haven't seen any of the rest of the film, you could I think she got empty nest syndrome really early. And so she's like I'm not even going to I'm not even going to wait for the kids to get out of the house before I start my weird hobby. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. that's what's happening. She's just she just I mean it gets boring out out there in the middle of nowhere in this in this mystical forest that these two how, on which these two houses hell, are yeah hell mouth uh, rest so only so much you can do you know you can only you can only read Fifty Shades of Grey so many times <laughs> you know maybe this is like a purgatory where they all go to at the afterlife and they all just you know when they're all ready to move on they all move on yeah. together who knows it's just the end of Lost that's I mean that's what it feels like and of course I mean Andrew you brought this up because you didn't understand where Duffy was no one understands where Duffy is yeah. like in any any time when Duffy does voiceover they just show a random shot of this cat sitting on a couch somewhere <laughs> and no one knows where that cat is it could be is. one of seven shots of Duffy that they filmed for the entire movie and then they just yeah. like, oh, whatever, throw throw a shot in there. People love cats. Yeah, <laughs> it's just maybe that's uh, to the movie's theme though. Maybe the cat is omnipresent. Yeah. Oh, like the cat God. is is at least some sort of puckish imp that is trying to manipulate these situations. This is basically Midsummer Night's Dream, is what I'm trying to say, guys. It's the only time this movie's been compared to. Yes, except this time everyone looks like an ass. Oh, all right. Well, I think this is pretty much all. Like that's pretty much the minute, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think, I think we, we solved solve, the we solve the mystery, <laughs> and only to create more mysteries that the next minute has to solve. Like what the what the hell is Phil gonna say next? By the way, Chris doesn't speak in this minute either. He's like everyone else. He's arguing and shouting and yelling. <laughs> and bearing in mind, Chris has only known Trent like two minutes. Yeah, he's never met Tina before. He's never met Susan before, <laughs> and he walks into his own house wearing no top, like all wet, 
and suddenly these three people are just yelling at each other. If I was Chris, I'd be like, who the fuck are all these people (laughs) yelling at my father in my house? I've never met you people. I, I, I would call the police if I was reasonably sure that they existed. It's, it's like, so, so from Chris's point of view, this has got to be the most confusing thing. Like, he's just been taught how to swim. Yeah. Uh, finally overcoming that fear. Again, Duffy was no help there. His world is upside down. Yeah, and then he walks in and just this family of people are just yelling at each other. If I was Chris, I'd be like... I'm never swimming again. Let's not talk to these people ever again. Yeah, yeah let's let's let let them go, Dad, and let's <laughs> never ever speak to those people again because I I don't want to have them in this house. Yeah, just yelling and screaming at each other. Yeah, although, although I do love that both of Chris's sort of paramours, if you will, are both focused on the pool. Like yeah, both both yeah. both Trent and Franny, they interact with him most ardently with the pool, and so that's their method of communication. Yeah. So I, and which is interesting for a character who can't swim. Pool is water. Yeah. Water is cold. Hell is hot. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. Teach the controversy. All right, that about wraps it up for this episode of A Talking Cast. This has been uh, Minute 63, uh, sorry, Episode 63, Minute 62. I have been Clint from Alka Hollywood. I'm Andrew from On Your Mark, Get Suru, and Talking About Turtle, your one-stop shop for Entourage Schlop. <laughs> And I am Darren. And you are Darren of this podcast. You can find us on Twitter at AtalkingCast and go to Facebook.com slash AtalkingCast. And uh, all right, you can find us on SoundCloud at A-Talking-Cast. Um, and then you can also follow us and Stitcher and iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. Um, see you guys later. Bye. Get the talking cast fever. Cheese puffs. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 63 of A Talking Cast. The host was Clint Worthington, with guest Andrew Schwartz, and me. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Let's end the movie here. Let's move on. Let's go.